Red morning, my friends. Red mornings to you all. Welcome from our home <laughs> you. Yes, yes, fuck you too. Hey, hey, Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis beat Joe. He's the greatest boxer of all time, okay? Joe, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> hang it, hang it. Get one second, mate, one second. Quick, I, I just got to... Ah, that's better. I just had to spray some... So glow in my hair. <laughs> I wonder if that looks like an anti-Mori deterrent. Well, I, I've heard that um, early test subjects uh, were proven to be Mori-free. So it is a bit of a Mori repellent, apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, just a thought. So, <laughs> just a thought, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Holding that, that thought. Let that sink in for there a moment. There we go. Okay. Yeah, we're just letting it sink in for a moment. Okay, cool. <laughs> and we're back. So, how the fuck are you, man? Yeah, pretty good, dude. It's Friday. It's Friday. Well, it's Saturday. It's Friday. I don't know. What... It's, it's, it's time of recording. It's still Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a time of recording. It is still Friday. Oh, uh, dude. Um, yeah, dude. Fucking... Uh... I'm having the biggest brain fart all of a sudden. Anyway. <laughs> bon Jovi? Give, give people the kind of professionalism that they come here for. That's what we do, man. That's what we aim for. So, yeah, what do you got this week? Not much? Uh, I was uh, reading a really, really interesting article today. Um, so, uh, people may not know this, but um, Grendel, the Matt Wagner comic, which I fucking love i've been mm. a fan of that thing since the 90s it is fantastic if you haven't read it you totally should so apparently netflix shot an entire first season of grendel wow like shot the entire thing and then binned it just did it as a so, it's completed like i was reading an interview with matt wagner today where it's just like yeah oh yeah it's done i've got the entire thing on dvd uh we tried to shop it around netflix we don't know why netflix scanned it cough cough tax write-off uh but we've been trying to shop it around and no one wants to buy it <laughs> wow okay <laughs> <It's this shit. laughs> that's bizarre dude and so somewhere in a vault somewhere is or on matt wagner's you know dvd shelf yeah it's kind of up there with the 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 um but, and it's, it's, compl- it's, com- it's completed like it's like done ready to watch he said like it's ready to go and they've just gone yeah wow how so, shit is pr- that like, like batgirl essentially <laughs> oh god wasn't that a fucking disaster like yeah it's fucking crazy it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, people want to see this. They want to see a movie like Batgirl, regardless of the fact that it could be utter dog shit. It might not be. It might actually be really cool. Well, the crazy but... thing to me is, like, why would you spend all that time and effort and just bin something? Like, you've already done it. Just fucking put it out. It's Netflix. Yeah. It's not like you have to worry about, oh, what if it doesn't make money at the box office? It's like, it's fucking Netflix, man. Like, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't make sense, dude. You know what else doesn't make sense? Did you know, in useless Mori facts, <laughs> when when the Lord of Evil was born in 1959, his head was so large that he nearly killed his mother during childbirth. 
I call bullshit. I think his his, his mother saw the future and tried to kill herself. <laughs> like, oh my god, my son's gonna grow up to be a pretentious polyester wearing fucking dead shit. Like <laughs> she she probably took one look at him and screamed and ran out the door. And just ran out the window and yeah, it's like he's, he's gonna write, he's gonna write crappy song lyrics and fucking mince about on stage with dead flowers in his back pocket, fucking <laughs> whining and storming off stage if the AC's a bit too fucking low. I can't. Uh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> peace out, Mike. Drop him out. So, uh, <laughs> um, fucking, I know it's probably more Freaky Friday related, but. Am I correct in saying it was Clive Barker's birthday? It was. Clive was 71 yesterday. God Happy bless Happy birthday, Clive. You oh, fucking God. genius. I mean, oh. I know he listens to the show all the time. Oh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't Why? Have to listen to the show. <laughs> Why? Well, do you ever have that? Wouldn't it be better... Do you ever Sorry. have that thing where, like, you kind of, like, someone's such a big inspiration in your life or such a, not, like, I, I'm hesitant to use the word hero, but, like, you know, a big inspiration in your life. He's like, man, there's so much I want to say to you, but I don't want to come off like a fuckwit. Well, this <laughs> is the thing, and this is where listening to a wonderful show like ours comes into, into uh, a joyous effect because... You don't have to put up with that kind of bullshit. <laughs> Unlike the poor bastard, do you imagine if he, this is probably half the reason why he doesn't do conventions, probably because he'd sit at a table and have Barker fans just basically relay information to him. Like, oh, oh, and in this book, in this book, did you find that this happened, that this happened? And, and he'd just be like sn- going off to Snorville. While they're just going on about just well, weird, actually, Clive's, weird. Clive's rap. pretty um. He's he's from what I know, he's pretty well. Well, he was before he sort of got sick. Um, yeah, because I mean, we nearly lost him back in two thousand and eleven. Um, but uh, he was pretty active on the convention circuit, and um, I mean, look, man, there is a fucking wonderful. Uh, it's on YouTube. I think it's in two parts. It's like a, a masterclass of Clive Barker. Where he just sort of, you know, gives a bit of a bit of a chat on like writing and, and stuff like that and everything. It's, it's so fucking good. Like seriously, it's like if anyone, and I think I mentioned this the last time we were on a panel uh, last year, mm. um, or yeah, that was last year, late last year, <laughs> not mm. this year, year before. Uh, if anyone wants to like, you know get some inspiration for writing or, you know, sort of learn about the process, fucking just watch that shit. Like, it's fucking gold. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Good on you, Barker. Happy birthday. Yeah, fucking good bloke here, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, I haven't really read too much new shit in terms of the non-horror rad stuff besides Ultraverse stuff with Prime. That's about it. Yeah, uh, I like Prime. I, what have I been reading of late? Um, oh, a bit of this, bit of that. Um, new Gunslinger. Um, it was Noct- good. Nocturus finished up, which was good. Um, mm-hmm. Read the new Werewolf by Night one shot, which um, we'll talk about next week. Yeah. Um, yeah, new Daredevil. Fucking. Fucking yeah. times, bit, of, bit of this, bit of that. 
Like nothing, Fuck nothing stand out, but you know, just some good stuff. Nothing, nothing that was like terribly fucking shocking or crap. <laughs> um, well, in 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 other comic, getting back to Ultraverse stuff, I've started watching the Ultraverse cartoon from the nineties. Have you seen that shit? I have not seen that. I Dude. I do know Nightman pops up in an episode, so I'm kind of keen to check that out. Yeah, I'm up to episode two, man. It's a fucking great cartoon, man. Like, just the the formation of the uh, the Ultra Team, whatever they're fucking called, Prime, fucking uh, Prototype, and a bunch of other fucking dudes. Yeah, Ghoul and that. They're fucking cool characters, man. But I just love Prime because he reminds me of Hulk a bit. Like he's just angry, but he's a kid. yeah, he's kind of like a kind of like cross between the Hulk and Shazam. He really is, dude. I thought I think it's really cool. Like I love the whole protoplasm effect of how he transforms and shit. That's really cool. I remember reading the comics like when they first came out, and I I always loved where they did. Um, oh, I think it was like midway through the series uh, where Prime decided to like. I think he was he he got a little bit older, and he was sort of influenced by like they did a bit of a, a commentary on like you know the the really gruff kind of anti-hero characters mm. and prime sort of changed his look and like had the stubble and the headband and you know an earring i think and a bit of a star <laughs> over one eye and like yeah ditched the got the nomad the nomad was, look, was, going, was going a bit lobo on the whole thing yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> was, i thought it was really fucking cool that was really fun that's right man that's cool good fun man good fun um Dude, fucking, oh man, I, yeah, I, I have got not much else other than shall we time warp back to nineteen eighty eight? Oh, I probably should. Yeah, let's fucking do it. <laughs> so we're back in nineteen eighty eight. Oh, and... it's the bicentennial again. Celebration. Yeah, celebration. it's Expo eighty eight. Yay! <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> stuff and things. Another great year for Hollywood movies, but uh, as as you know from yesterday's episode, we're fucking carrying the the Murphy train roll in full steam and talking about the 1988 monumentally funny classic, Coming to America. A funny this, movie, man. This was um, I kind of feel like this was the movie that made Eddie Murphy like a mega mega star. Like, because this is like the ultimate showcase of Eddie. Well, I I feel like this was the one that, like, because I mean, he was always, he was like, he was already kind of a star before this, like, you know, between Uh, like Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, 48 (laughs) Hours, Delirious, Delirious, all all that stuff. (laughs) But I feel like this was the movie that kind of made, um, and not in a bad way, but this was the one that sort of made Eddie Murphy kind of safe. Like, you could, you could watch him with your mum and dad in the room sort of thing. Like, yeah. as, as a kid, it was like, oh, man, fucking Eddie Murphy. Like, he says fucking shit and fuck all the fucking time. It's fucking great. Like... <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. It, yeah, it's it, like it, that it's hilarious a... where it's like, you know, there's people sitting on the street. They're like, Eddie, fuck <laughs> you, Eddie. <laughs> Suck my dick. Or, or you, you stand around the water cooler at work. And and you saw that Eddie Murphy man, and he's like, he talks about, oh, GI <laughs> Joe went on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like that's the thing, man. Like Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Murphy was always kind of like, he was a bit sort of like, 
he was very much in like the Richard Pryor kind of vein, like yeah, for, yeah, at, like the start of the eighties where it was like, oh man, he's the dude you don't listen to, like unless you know fucking you, your parents can't hear you, like listen to it with headphones and a blanket over your head, kind of shit. Like later, he was kind of <laughs> yeah, he was kind of like the, the the penultimate comedian for the eighties, really. Well, yeah, like... he was he was sort of like he was a bit he was a bit dangerous, you know. He was a bit like um. Yeah, he was a bit risky kind of thing, but I feel like with coming to America, it was like, oh, it's it's okay to watch Eddie Murphy. Look, he's he's nice, you know. Like, yeah, well, that's it. I I mean, I mean, if you listen to our Freaky Friday episode yesterday, it was a bit of a bit of an interesting uh, fucking observation made that this movie is very much similar to, in many ways, to Brooklyn um, Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah, just has the. I don't know. It just follows a lot of the same tropes, but yeah, in all the best ways, of course. But um, yeah, but this movie, like, it's just a really fun fucking movie with a fucking awesome cast, man. What a fucking cast! Oh well, man. I mean, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> you got you got James Earl Jones. You got fucking Arsenio Hall. You got fucking you know Eric Lasalle. Like, yeah. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson does a cameo. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson cameo is fucking gold. Gold. I love that scene. And I mean, I mean you got John Landis directing it. Like, yeah, it's a good time, dude. I mean, it's just a fun movie with, with um, just so much cool shit going on. I'll give you, I'll give you one of the. Uh, I'm gonna ex- give you an experimental synopsis. Oh, <laughs> something a little bit different. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's do, see where do, this goes. Do, 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 do. On his 21st birthday, African Prince Akeem has to marry a woman he has never seen. Determined to break tradition, he goes to America to look for one he can truly love and respect. Coming to America, coming soon to a theater near you. Uh, yeah. That okay. kind of makes the movie sound like it's a bit more badass. <laughs> well, he's pretty badass. And it's it's kind of like, it's like is, is, is it an action movie? Is it a horror? Like, what's what's well, going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I'll save that one for the Freaky Fridays. But um, but dude, like, I'm do you think once about... once I make use the bathroom by myself, <laughs> wipers, wipers? <laughs> oh, dude, fucking. This is a it's this is a funny funny movie because it's it's hard to talk about it in chronological order. You just have to talk about I don't know. I feel like you just got to talk about man all the cool bits in that movie. Well, there's that, so many funny moments in this movie, and it's you know it's kind of your classic fish out of water story. <clears throat> it really the, is. The eh? thing that I actually noticed, um, the thing that I really noticed about this. Um, when I was rewatching it is that it sort of, um, <clears throat> Oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? Bon Jovi. Sort of, yeah, bon Jovi. Um, it sort of has Def Leppard on the soundtrack. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't have Def Leppard on the soundtrack. That's a lie. Um, but no, it sort of subverts the eighties. Cause I, it's funny. Um, I was having this discussion the other day, uh, with someone about Beetlejuice. Yeah, and how fucking we love Beetlejuice, but we really hate the ending where it's like Winona Ryder comes home and she's not goth anymore, and she's like completely conformed and she's a total normie and she's happy she got an A on her fucking science test or whatever the fuck, and it just it feels so out of place. 
And I was having this chat. It was like, well, that, but that was like, that was kind of the thing for a lot of 80s movies was it's like, you know, by the end of the movie, like, I mean, look at the fucking Breakfast Club or, you know, so much other stuff. It's like, you know, if you fit in at the end, you're happy. Yay. Like, as long as you've conformed, you're all good. Um, and But that was very much an 80s thing. It wasn't sinister or, you know, some fucking tinfoil hat agenda. And the thing that I really like about coming to America is it really subverts that because it's like, you know, like Akeem, Eddie Murphy, like basically doesn't pretend to be himself for the whole movie and, no. like, you know, doesn't show off that he's like this fucking rich prince. Um, and like, let's, let's the chick fall in love with him for like who he actually is. And then it's like, you know, at the end of it, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, by the way, he's rich. And his father wears a fucking lion cape, like, yeah, which is just rad. Um, well, that's the thing, man. It's like he's, he's this, he's a powerful prince. Like, I mean, those early scenes in, I want to call it Wakanda. <laughs> but, but I'm fucking, I'm calling it is Wakanda. Godly Wakanda. Zamunda. Pretty much Wakanda. Zamunda. I mean, Zamunda dude, forever. Um, no, right. Well, dude, Black movie. Panther totally drew the inspiration from this film, man. Totally. But um, yeah, the cinematics of that country is just magnificent, man. Like such a such an amazing looking country, and those royal chamber scenes with you know him flipping around with Arsenio kicking ass and shit. That was rad. And then we see him just you know get into the slums of New York, you know, and, and, and he's, you know, um, his sidekick with Arsenio is going, man, you know, uh, are you sure, are you sure this is the place you want to be? Like I can get, get us to a nice place, you know, like it's very grounded in the sense that he just wants to live the simple life and find love in the but most simple way really, possible. It's really kind of cool as well, because I, I think the great thing that Eddie Murphy brings to this is, like, when you see him, like, cruising around New York and stuff like that, he has such a childlike sense of wonder at, like, oh, yeah. all this shit that he's never seen before in his life because he's sort of had a very sheltered life, like, you know, living in this royal palace where it's, like, you know, fucking chicks are, like, running and throwing rose petals in front of him. <laughs> yeah. and, stuff. and, you know, bathing him and stuff and yeah, all the rest. you know, uh, and it's like, you know, he gets to New York and it's like, he just has the full New York experience of like, oh, I'm here five seconds, I get mugged and this place is an absolute shithole. But he just has this, like, sense of childlike joy throughout the whole movie. And Absolutely. Like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, it, it, it's, I don't know, for me, it's like, I find that relatable because, like, I, I'm so that when I go somewhere, like, I, when I'm in tourist mode, like, if I yeah. go somewhere I haven't been before, I'm just, like, walking around like a wide-eyed fucking idiot, just grinning at everything, going, oh, man, how cool is this? Like, wow, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I find that really fucking charming and kind of relatable as well because it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, you're kind of, in a way, it's like you're experiencing New York through his eyes for the first time, which is really, really mm. cool. Like, you know, it's like even the fucking bums he finds charming. You know? Yeah, well, that's it, man. Like, he's he's intrigued by every person he meets. He doesn't judge. He's nothing like that. Whereas, you know, his, um, his partner with Arsenio Hall is, is, you know, his minder is the complete opposite. He's like, 
he despises. It's almost like he's disgusted by everybody. Arsidio is just hilarious because he's just like, it, yeah, he's, he's like, man, what the fuck are we doing here? Can we go yeah. home? Like, I was, yeah. Like, I mean, I love that, that thing where he's like, I haven't had sex since I got to New York. <laughs> you know, yeah. Please, Kim, don't take my pocket money. <laughs> like, <you know>. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's a real takes the piss out of being rich it really just yeah. oh it's it's comical man like and but it's I also love... one of those things too where it's all like both characters are kind of relatable because like you know if you have got a lot of money like you would you would be sitting there thinking like man Arsenio's is right like why the fuck would you want to be doing this shit dude like look at where you came from <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. Why do you want to live in this shithole? He's like, no, we are average American students. <laughs> yeah, that's I go it. to the that's... University of America. <laughs> that's the thing, man. I love, I love his accent in this film, man. Oh, it's so fucking brilliant, man. I mean, that's that's the thing that I think it's really easy for people to forget about Eddie Murphy is that he's a really talented actor. Like he's oh, really he's great. Cool. Like I mean. You know, I, I think it's easy to forget that when, like, you know, he does comedy so well. And he just, he'll just make you – he's one of those dudes that's just naturally fucking funny, no matter what. He is naturally funny as fuck. Well, he has the same sort of skill set as someone like Rob, Rob Williams did, you know? Yeah. Like, he very improv, you know? Like, yeah. he only follows the script so far and then it's boom, you know? Like, his, his jokes just uh, – straight from the hip you yeah. know like he just shoots it and, and um yeah you know like it's a he's a very rare breed of actor i think oh yeah I think. Man, yeah and, and this movie is mean, just such is, a great like, showcase the the great thing too is that like he's funny as fuck but i mean you know you you watch some of his stuff like um i mean for from some reason the example that's coming to my mind is dr doolittle like he's yeah. actually capable of doing some fairly you know serious shit like he's not just like, and again, no shots at like someone like Will Ferrell, where it's just like, oh, you're going to show up and scream and act like a complete fucking goose. And mm. it's, you know, it's funny, but, you know, you kind of like, he doesn't, you know, Will Ferrell doesn't seem to temper a lot of his comedy with, you know, being serious. Like, he's very over the top, whereas Eddie Murphy's funny as fuck and he can be over the top, but, you know, it's it's similar to what uh, I remember reading an interview with Chester Bennington, and this is going to be a weird segue. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> I remember reading an interview with Chester Bennington uh, talking about like the style of Lincoln Park's like song construction, where you know Chester basically said, "Man, if I'm just screaming all the time, you're not going to notice it. But if I am quiet and then I start screaming, it makes the screaming more impactful." And I feel like that translates to, you know, the way Eddie Murphy approaches comedy. It's like, if he's funny all the time, yeah, it's like, oh my God, that's so funny. But it doesn't have the same impact as if he's serious and then funny. Mm. Like, like we were talking about with, with Vampire in Brooklyn, where it's like, you know, it's, you know, a lot of horror and stuff like that. And he's playing it straight, but then he breaks out Preacher Paulie or, you know, Guido, the Italian fucking goon. And mm. you piss yourself because it's like, oh, this is the moment where Eddie just gets to break out and do his thing. So I feel like, yeah, the way Eddie Murphy approaches his comedy where, like, he'll do serious stuff or, 
you know, play it straight and not just be a complete goose fucking for the entire 130 minute fucking runtime of the movie. Yeah, yeah. It makes it more impactful when he is really funny. Absolutely, man. That's my and... thoughts anyway. I could be talking out of my ass. Oh, dude. Um, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, no. That fucking... before. <laughs> no. But, um, no, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, fucking, for this film, like, Eddie really, really shines, man. And, like, yeah, we see, we see that really diverse range of his skill set with, you know, we see that serious side of him trying to be, you know, the royal prince charming looking for true love. But then we see the schizophrenia of his various characters. And fuck me, if they're not funny, oh, like, if anyone right. thinks they're not funny, they're <laughs> fucking idiots. I mean... Dude, I don't, I don't know. Who was your favourite character that you played? Oh, look, it's so hard to pick. I mean, you know, the guy in the barbershop, like... I'm going Randy. I, I love Randy. Randy. Sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> I believe the children are... I mean, that was brilliant. Teach that well. was just so hilarious. And I just, I just love the, way. like... The one class. Stamps his foot. Sorry, dude. <laughs> but like the, the whole homage to James Brown dropping to one knee, getting the cape draped over him. Yeah. It's fucking goal. And then he just veers off stage left, Elvis style. <laughs> and, oh, fuck. I mean, stuff like that. But yeah, the barbershop. <laughs> The the, the the characters in the barbershop was hilarious, man. Fuck. Just so oh, funny. Dude, just yeah. their debates over boxing and sport. It's so... Yeah. Like, I'm just like... It, it just makes you want to be there. I, I just want to be a fly on the wall. Just listening oh, to these guys. Totally, totally, man. I mean, I think the other thing, too... that I mean, the, you know, getting back to, like, Eddie as, as a king for a minute... The one thing I love about him in this movie is that he's his character is such a genuinely good guy. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, ulterior motive. There's no, like, you know, oh, he's, you know, he's just such a good, like, you know, when, like, he sees the guy when he's going to the bathroom at the, at the fucking, the basketball game, like, mm. you know, um, fucking, like, you know, the, um, the two, bums, the two bums, oh, the two bums, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the money too. Like he gives yeah. fucking Sammy's fucking pocket money too. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's just yeah, it, it's it's just it's really cool to see that in a movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's fucking great. I mean, and like you say, like you said earlier on, it's just he's. It's only it's like a, he's like a child in this film, like just yeah, that that sponge just soaking up this whole other world that he's. He's only heard about and just always wanted to discover, you mm. know. And as he says to his dad, "I'm soiling my royal oats." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really well done. Just the whole, just that whole passage of voyage from royalty to living, you know, in in humble, humble settings of Harlem and that, and just learning to appreciate. The, the simple things in life, you know, I think that's really, I thought that was really interesting statements they made. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, um, absolutely, man. But just the cross section of characters, like, I mean, the McDowell family, I love the McDowell family. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> McDonald's got the golden arches. 
Oh, dude, I love John John Amos's character. He's He's such a great actor. Fantastic, man. He is just so great. But um, I mean, you know, but but like, you know, getting back to like um Eddie's character, the last thing I'll say is as I was mentioning before, like um. You know, I really love that, like, you know, like you said, it's got got a lot of interesting stuff to say where it's like, you know, so many of the 80s movies that we love, like, did have that message of, you know, oh, if you fit in and, you know, you know, become something you're not or become popular or whatever, whether you want to be or not, you know, that's the way to happiness. Whereas I really like that this movie is basically like, no, if you just be yourself and take away all the superficial shit and you just be yourself, you know, yeah. people will respond to that and, you know, people will fall in love with you and all that sort of shit, um, which I think is really mm. cool. Like, it's really refreshing to have that in an 80s movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that with Hakeem's character. He just maintains this consistent... Um, noble yet humble spirit throughout the whole film and yeah. it's just the way he rubs off on everyone like yeah. his interactions with you know street people to the guys in the barbershop to you know fucking well, McDowell he's, family he's just, even polite when he whips Samuel L. Jackson's heart dude <laughs> I was don't just a bit again or I'll be forced to thrash you <laughs> that was brilliant that scene dude I love like, that scene just the way so he just much. deals with it yeah yeah. And I, mean, I love our studio with that fucking scene as well. Don't move, <laughs> you festering rhinoceros pizzle. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's gold, man. Like, like, and then, that's the brilliant thing. Like, another thing about Akeem is like, you know, he finds, he, he finds the woman that he, he wants to be with and he ends up getting this job at McDowell's at this <laughs> At this fa- small independent family restaurant, and and friggin', he's he's happy to just be the humble worker, just mopping the floors. And... Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I I love that Eddie Murphy has him taking joy in everything, like even like what he's asked to mop the floor. <laughs> he's like yeah. just pushing the bucket around, like with his big <laughs> grin on his face, like. <laughs> You know, and Arsenio is just like, oh, man, for fuck's sake. Like, and, but, I mean, Akeem is just like, he's just so overjoyed to do everything. I love, I love the scene where he comes in to fucking McDowell and he's like, did you watch the football game last night? Oh, dude. <laughs> the Giants of New York. <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs> McDowell's just looking at him like, son, if you want to work here, stay off the drugs. <laughs> I just I love his is just the way he's just trying so hard to fit in and just be a, a common person, you know. It's it's brilliant acting on Eddie's part. It like, is. This is I, I, I love, I love that he does it with such just you know just fucking enthusiasm and yeah, you know. There's he's so earnest about it. It's it's there's no like. There's no point where Akeem is just like, oh, this is beneath me or whatever. It's like, no, 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 let's do this. This is great. Mm. Like, it's it's mm. so great. Because um, it would have been really – I really honestly think um, for, like, an actor, like, of less talent than Eddie Murphy to take this and kind of, you know, turn it into – a make Akeem a bit more cynical. 
Like, yeah. just have him, like, you know, at some point just go, oh, fuck this shit. Hey, I'm rich. Or, 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 you know, something like that. But, yeah, like, I just, I love that Eddie just keeps that, like, earnest enthusiasm through the whole thing. Yeah, it's really well done, dude. And, and you know, it, it's it's well backed by all these um, amazing cast of characters, man. Like, well, I mean, you know, just the cross section so good. Like, dude, I mean, even the fucking, you know, the one-off characters in this yeah. are so memorable and hilarious. Like, that whole scene where they're, like, they're at the bar and they're meeting all the chicks and doing the speed dating kind of thing oh. was fucking hilarious. And it's just Arsenio like... Arsenio Hall has the chick. <laughs> I want to tear you apart. <sighs> <laughs> But I mean, just, the look on Arsidio's face when that chick's there, she's like, I'm into the group thing. And Arsidio's just like, eh. <laughs> and Akeem's just like, oh, no. <laughs> like, it was oh, dude. so fucking funny. And I mean, Jesus Christ, man, like, for anyone that's ever been on a dating site, it's just like, oh, my God, how fucking accurate is that shit? <laughs> I, mean, I love the end of it. It's like where it's like even even after that, it keeps just like it seems to be that every woman in New York has severe emotional problems. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was well said. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cocaine, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we, I mean, when he you know he, he really finds his match in uh, in in the girl that he meets at McDowell's. I mean. Yeah. That one, yeah, Lisa. She, she really Lisa. That's it. She she stole stole his heart. Yeah, literally. Um, takes his breath away, and um, and much like Vampire in Brooklyn, we we enter a bizarre, you know, a fucking bit of a three way dance because her she has a boyfriend. Well, and... I mean, that's the, the cool thing about this. And again, you know, I was re- when I was rewatching it, it was after we we had a chat about Vampire in Brooklyn. And um, oh yeah, yeah, I really did notice a lot of the parallels. I mean, obviously, you know, Vampire in Brooklyn was like fucking, you know, five, six, whatever years after this. But um, mm. you know, the parallels are really interesting. But it's like Vampire in Brooklyn's kind of subversion of this, where it's like you know. Um, Eddie's the evil guy and the, the boyfriend or would-be boyfriend like in Vampire in Brooklyn, Justice is the good guy. Mm. Whereas with this, like Eric LaSalle is just such he's a the fucking thundering cock in this movie. Like he's such a fuckwit. <laughs> Drives a sports car. Fucking, he's just, you know. Just I mean, the, the, Jerry, the Jerry Curl's on point. The, the soul glow oh. is, is working like. <laughs> I love soul glow. <laughs> Let your soul go. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, dude. But um, yeah, man. Like he's, you know, like the, the, that's the interesting thing. Like just the the social observations, like how Lisa's dad um just praises um, you know, Eric Eric's uh, Eric Lasalle's character just because his family is you know highly successful yeah. in this business, and you know he's just basically the the money boy in the family that, that rides the coattails of the business and, and, you know, daddy McDowell puts him on this fucking perch. So he, he values life based on success, you know, and riches. Well, he yeah. has a bit of a different understanding of the value of life. Well, you know? I think the, the funny thing is too, that like, you know, Akeem doesn't, 
pull any dirty tricks when he's trying to woo Lee no. at all. Like he's just, you know, he's very he's like, being honest. He's very, you know, kind of honourable about the whole thing. Like, yeah, you know, and he tries to be a friend more yeah. than anything. Yeah, like he tries to be there as a as an emotional support, yeah, shoulder for her to to talk to and and cry on if she needs to. And um, whereas you know. Eric's character is just the total opposite. He's just a fucking douchebag. Basically. <laughs> it's like he takes credit for the gigantic donation Akeem drops in the plate at the fucking, you know. <laughs> Dude, I love that. And and that's the thing, you know, again, you know, brilliant acting from all the actors, including Eric Lazal in this. He's, yeah. He just plays that part so well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He's, he's perfect as that. And I mean, I think what was he? Was it ER? He was on. I never really watched ER, it, yeah. but yeah, apparently no. he was like one of the good guys, sort of doctor types on that or something like that. Um, but yeah, he's just he's such a fucking asshole in this. He really is, and I mean, he just plays that that typical fucking douchebag boyfriend of the eighties, you know? With oh his yeah. Fucking, Sports car success, you know, rich success, fucking snobby attitude. Yeah, know, like yeah. You know, I mean, that scene, that scene at the when he fucking... throws the shake. Oh yeah, but even that scene at the game where he's like, "What do you guys play in Africa? Chase the elephants?" It's just like, <laughs> oh, dude, you're a dick. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's, he's just got some fucking. He's like, Big I guess responses. wearing clothes must be a new experience for you, Akeem. It's just like, oh, <laughs> fuck, man. I want to see you get your ass kicked so bad. <laughs> I, yeah. love, I love the scene at the end where McDowell's like, called him over to try and get back with Lisa. Then he finds out Akeem's a prince and slams the door. And he says, the girl wants nothing to do with you, loser. Take your, get that through your greasy ass head. <laughs> Like, just the look on his face, he's just like, but, but you told me to come over. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, that, that just reiterates my point about, you know, Daddy McDowell. He's he just, you know, he's, he just moves on to the next big very thing. Very superficial. Like, very yeah. superficial. But the thing is, it's like, you love John Amos. As, as oh, yeah. Dad. He's, he's, he's fantastic. Just, like, he's yeah. kind of a superficial cock, but you can't help but kind of love him. Yeah, it's like yeah, any other dude that played a character like that, you just fucking hate him and despise him. But in this movie, he's, I don't know, I, I think there's space for all the characters in this film. There is not one character that's unlikable. They're all lovable characters. <laughs> and, exactly. And, and that's the one of the amazing qualities that makes this film so memorable. And, uh, you know, just such a timeless classic. You can watch time after time. Yeah, well, it really is, man. Like, I mean, this is like, this was just, I remember this movie, like, I didn't actually see this. Um, I don't think I saw this in the 80s, or it might have been the late 80s. I certainly didn't see it when it first came out. Um, but, like, I remember this movie being huge. Like, I remember that huge fucking Drew Struzan movie poster. Like, yeah. with, like, Eddie standing in the middle of fucking New York and, like, you know. Like, I mean, that big painted poster. Like, I mean, I remember seeing that. It's everywhere. a gorgeous poster. I rem- yeah, man. I remember. I mean, it's Drew Struzan, so of course. Yeah. You know, like, but I mean, the funny thing is, it's like, I remember like posters like that, man. Like, you knew that this was going to be a big movie when you saw posters like that. It was just like, yeah. it just screamed, like, this is a blockbuster. This guy's a movie star. Go fucking watch it. 
And man, that poster was fucking everywhere as a kid. Like I remember like, you know, 1988 when this came out, like I remember seeing that like fucking everywhere, like bus stops, you know, fucking cinemas, like everywhere. It was massive. Well, it was a golden age for cinema back then. I mean, oh, you I think about it, it around that time, lethal, lethal weapons on everyone's lips. Yeah. Rambo fucking, but in terms of Eddie Murphy, man, he's, he's the guy from, Beverly Hills Cop, man. What's yeah. not to love about him? You know, yeah. he's the funny guy from Delirious. You yeah, know? He, yeah, yeah. Just... Like you know, he's like forty-eight hours. You know, like yeah, shit like that. right. Like he's just the funny. He's the the winner. Like, the, the, but at this point, none of his movies sucked. He was fucking. He yeah. was the man. You know. So this was definitely a fucking blockbuster. Um, yeah, and I, I, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to. To think that it was a flop over in the states, man. I think nah, it, man, it was a big I, one. I remember this movie just going huge, and I mean, it's it's still like it is still like infinitely rewatchable. Like it's oh, it's man, not it's, totally. It's one of those movies that hasn't aged badly at all. Like not at all. I think you know. it's just very very small details. But dude, it's funny because we live in an age where we're we're trying to live. Um, a lot of social culture is trying to live backwards, you know, like people trying to wear mullets and shit, cow- girls wearing cowboy boots, you know, it's like fucking all these mannerisms of the 80s are all coming back into fashion. Oh, dude, I literally, I've got to tell you this funny story. So like, go for it. <laughs> me, me and me and Ree were grabbing some dinner the other night and um, yeah. popped pop down and we thought, oh, we'll just, we'll grab some kebabs and we'll head home, we'll watch a movie. Uh, <laughs> we watched Bloodsport too. Fucking hell. Sick. What the <laughs> fuck was going on there? <laughs> Sucks I mean, to be you. It wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it's just like, well, we made the mistake of watching Bloodsport and then Bloodsport 2. Oh. And it's just kind of like, you get to Bloodsport 2 and it's like, oh, right. This dude's like what you get if you order John Claude Van Damme from Wish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so we're sitting there, we're waiting for our kebab order, and um, this fucking dude rolls up on a push bike, like, with a fucking BMX helmet on, fucking the full tilt 80s fucking, you know, mirrored fucking hypercolor. No. Mullet coming out the back, like ginger mullet, like. Yeah. You know, the, the bad pube stash and the whole bit. And he's like, I know you, man. I'm just like, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> he's like, no, nah, man, no, nah, you and me got drunk the other night. We was on the heavy bevies. And fucking, I was like, oh, no, dude. No, no, we did. You came over to my place. And I'm like, no, we didn't. Who's your name? Is your name Gary? <laughs> no, it ain't. And I ain't telling you what my real name is because I don't know who the fuck you are, but you're on some good shit. <laughs> He's like, I'll call you later. I'm like, you do that, buddy. You you call me. Whatever number you've got that you think is mine, go right ahead. But I'm just like looking at him. I'm just like, dude, like, I haven't hung out with anyone that looked like you since I was like fucking 13 years old. <laughs> you should have. You should have gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get this a lot. Yeah, I'm, I've got a podcast. That's right. Yeah, you've probably seen me in my Learjet. <laughs> yeah, no, you may no, recognize man. me from such movies as last week's Comic Con panel. <laughs> like, much. I'm just like, you know, you you're right. It's like everyone's like fucking like try to bring back 
it's funny because it's, it feels like it's they're hilarious. trying to bring back the shittiest parts of the 80s. It's like, ah, oh man, like the girls are trying to dress like LA hookers, dudes wearing the mullets, fucking denims back in force. It's like, fucking hell, man. You guys, like, what, five years ago maybe fucking laughed this shit off and now you're embracing it? Fucking hell. Well, the hilarious thing is I'm just like, you know, you're, you're kind of trying to bring back the shittiest parts of the 80s. Like, I'm not seeing anyone walking down the street looking like, you know, Billy Idol or Steven no. Tyler or Joe Perry. Like, these dudes are walking down the street looking like the fucking bogan kid up the road that could only afford one shoe. That's <laughs> yeah. right, man. I mean, it's, yeah, like, where, where the fuck's the Billy Idols out there? Like, Dude, you know, like, I want to see that the, shit. The like, kid that, like, his dad sent him to the fucking shop to buy smokes and porno backstory. Yeah, it's like, you want to bring back some cool 80s fashion? Bring back the fucking the Ivan Drago flat top, dude. Well, or the yeah, Iceman. Like, you know, bring, the Iceman flat top. Bring back, like, you know, Tom Cruise's jacket from fucking Top Gun, that mm. kind of shit. Like, yeah, rich, dude. Rich boy jeans. Like, yeah. I was there in the 80s. I, I remember what all the cool stuff was, and I remember what all the shit stuff was even then. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's fucked up. But, um, but it's like, if yeah. you're going to wear a mullet, like, you know, wear a mullet. And like, look like fucking Joe Elliott from Def Leppard, or hundred percent either Davies from fucking you know Late Era Ice House. Like, you know, you should walk if you're gonna have a a mullet. Like, what I want to see you like in like ripped blue jeans and rocking that red leather trench coat that Ivor Davies had in the crazy film clip. Like, <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna pull that shit off, do that. But like, most of these dudes are like. Oh, yeah, just kind of got a mullet and a bad pube stash and uh, footy shorts. Okay, cool. Uh. Or, or, or if you want to make an 80s fucking standout performance, man, if you go out on the town with a mate, fucking dress like Wayne and Garth and go hit the town. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, see what yeah. kind of reactions you yeah. get, man. It'd be hilarious. Or, or better yet, go, go full Motley Crew. <laughs> yeah. Or better still, if you go to a nightclub, just reenact that scene from kickboxer is van damme doing <laughs> yeah the yeah yeah get yourself some fucking you know uh nipple high pants yeah <laughs> um like a, a black fucking one piece speedo top or something like. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what i'd love i'd love if i was ever not it's never gonna happen but man if i was to be in an iClub in on a dance floor i would totally emulate the fucking crispin glover dance from friday the 13th yeah, you um, would. <laughs> Fuck, dude, that would be fun. <laughs> just watch the mortified looks on people's faces, <laughs> and they just casually just walk off the dance floor. Someone yeah, would probably like roll up and think you were having a fit and call an amber on you. Something. <laughs> <laughs> or better still, My security. God, he's having a seizure. <laughs> or they call all the security guards. Are, uh, this guy's this guy's really disturbed, man. Get him out of here. He's scaring the normal people. <laughs> so I think that guy's a crack. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, dude, it's it's hilarious. Like all this, you know, you, you just laugh at a lot of this this stuff. But man, it's when you see a movie like Coming to America, it's just kind of like a just a warm breath of fresh air. You just go ah. Oh. Because it's just such, I don't know, just such joy watching this film. Like, there's so many cool scenes um, to to talk about that that we probably wouldn't be able to cover all of them. But man, 
like the fucking church scene, man. I fucking oh yeah, dude. Ah, uh, the 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 pastor's a cracker, man. Yeah, he's gold. Like, I mean, he's he's like, I feel like he was like the template for preacher Paulie in vampire. I think so, dude. It, it's kind of it would have been cool to see him play the same pastor in Bro- Vampire in Brooklyn. That would have been... But I like Preacher Paulie, man. It was, oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, it was fucking great. <laughs> I mean, I think one of my favourite scenes, honestly, like one of my favourite, most memorable scenes for me is that morning... <laughs> the first morning they wake up in America and they're out on oh. the fire skate. Mm. Akeem's like, good morning, neighbours! Fuck you! That classic New York response. <laughs> hey, fuck you, man! And he's just like, yes, yes, fuck you too! <laughs> I just that, to this day, man, that just fucking slays me. I mean, can you imagine standing out in your front doorstep going, good morning! <laughs> And just hearing someone go, shut the fuck up! <laughs> yes, Bro. shut the fuck up till you do! <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh, God. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that church thing was great, dude. Fucking, and, um, yeah, we've already talked about Randy and sexual chocolate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's a great fun movie because you watch Akeem just you know patiently pursuing true love. He finds the woman that he wants to be with for the rest of his life, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it basically, it all builds up to this amazing climax back at uh, you know where Akeem is basically dragged back to his native land um, to be to be wed to a, in an arranged marriage. I mean, that scene. With fucking Arsidio <laughs> Hall at the post office. That chick at the post office fucking cracks me up. <laughs> it's like, yeah. are you sure you want to send this? He's like, oh, you think $300,000 is too little? Nah. Like, nah. <laughs> He's like, what? You're right. No, no, no. Five, 500. Do you think that's too much? And she's like, hey, why not ask for a cool meal? It's just it's so fucking funny because it's just like he's just it's just such a like clash of worlds like oh yeah yeah you know to him he's like oh yeah whatever like the king's loaded he probably he could probably send me a million bucks he wouldn't give a shit and she's just like whatever fuckhead (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it was it was funny as and I, I I love that yeah again it's 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 a real comedy with from the rich aspect like just how they you know these guys have just more money than sense yeah yeah they don't that they know what to do with and you know when Akeem leaves the simple instruction of you know um to with Arsenio with their apartment and he just transforms it <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, he, he's like, I'll fix up the apartment. Like, he's, you know, it's like, it's obvious that Kim's like, you just tidy the fucking joint up, man. Like, take the trash out or something. Yeah, he goes, home, he's like, I want to blend in. <laughs> Come home, he's like, fucking Arsidio's chucked a fucking hot tub in there. Like, you know, <laughs> the place uh, looks like the full-on 80s neon fuck pad. Like, you know. I mean, dude, it, it is one hell of a pimp palace, man. <laughs> I mean, that, that's Bachelor Pad from Hell. It's yeah. so fucking cool. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's fucking great. And, and Akeem, 
is mortified at this. And he's just like, no, no, you don't understand. I just want to be normal. I want to blend in. And um, especially that this, this swap apartments with the landlord. Does your apartment yeah. look poor? Yeah, it's a real shithole. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. But um, I also love, uh, you know, the, that same way Akeem wants to get the haircut at the barbershop and he gets the royal the royal tail cut off yeah. the little rat's tail i thought that was fucking that was great that moment <laughs> but in that, that moment's just gold because i just want it to look neat <laughs> yeah. um, it's just like okay snip eight bucks <laughs> <laughs> like just shit like that man it's just it's, it's a fucking priceless movie that's, it really that's is that's the thing about this movie is like you can't really it, it's made up of so many fun little classic moments mm. like that just really you know just i don't know just really build the whole thing into like just one fun wholesome perfect kind of good time of a movie like yeah it's just like there's just so many little great classic moments in this movie flick that like yeah, yeah. it's it's so hard to pinpoint, like, you know, oh, what's your favorite it is. bit? Like, oh, fuck, man, I don't know. Like, you know, I love the fire. It's like, who's the big character? Then, then yeah. there's this bit, and, you know, then Samuel L. Jackson comes in and tries to rob the joint. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> even when early on in the film, they're trying to, you know, the they're trying to um, audition, basically, the fucking prospect wives for Akeem. And there's that one chick that, um, I, I don't know who she is, but. I feel like she's she used to go out of prints or something. She just seems like one of them chicks. And um, the, you know, and he, Akeem goes, "Fuck like a dog." Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she's just pretending she's a poodle. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking gold, man. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, man. It's like you know, well, that's the, the great thing about that scene. Like he's try, actually trying to engage her on like a, yeah. you know, hey. Like, let's really get to know each other. And she's yeah. like, I will do whatever you want. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. Exactly. <laughs> like, Well, that's it. Like, he just wants to, he just wants someone that can think for themselves. Basically, you just be on the level with him. And, <laughs> and that's, and that's what he finds with Lisa. So it's, it's kind of a painful, semi-painful process, what he has to go through. But, you know, he really learns a lot about himself and about just being humble and uh, appreciating everything that the world has to offer from the ground up. And, you know, and when, you know, it's kind of almost heartbreaking at the end because you feel like he, oh no, he's not going to get the girl, you know, it's all over. He's going to go back and go back to an arranged marriage. And, and, uh, (laughs) it's just like a fucking, it's like a Disney ending in this film, dude. It totally is. Like fireworks fucking. Yeah. It's just, Everyone comes out, and yeah, it's fucking gold, dude. Yeah, um, yeah, because he's he's all he's all sad and shit, and you know he's like ready to just concede defeat and accept whatever bride that he gets, and pulls open the veil, and there's Lisa. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's that's the thing, man. Like it's just, it, it really is just such a great feel good movie. Yeah, absolutely, man, and um. Yeah, it just, I, I don't know, it's one of the movies, like you said, dude, it just, it never ages, and um, it's it's just good fun for everyone, and and the, I know you haven't seen the sequel yet, but dude, 
the the sequel is fantastic. I I, I yeah. really loved it. Is it is, yeah. is, as as good? So it lives up to everything. Look, I'm not going to say it's. I'm not going to say that it's superior to the original, but it it's a very, I would say, safe sequel. Yeah, you know, like it it doesn't try to tread too deep in the waters of being too daring. It just it stays in the lane. Um, you know, it gives us a very realistic um, future of of Akeem's life, of how he's evolved and. And all the rest, you know, and it's dealing with the kids, and it, it's cool. Like it's a good, fun film. You get you get some of those beloved characters return, and uh, a lot of those memorable, memorable one, you know, memorable uh, moments come back to the surface in this film. So yeah, right. Yeah, look, I, I think it's 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 a good, fun sequel. It's like it's one of the movies you see it there, you know, it's not going to be a waste of two hours. It's going to yeah, be cool. a good time. Yeah. It's the, is it the kind of movie I'd watch every year? Probably not. I'd probably uh, I'd probably watch Coming to America every year more than I would the sequel. Yeah, yeah. But man, the fucking movie rules. I, I'm man. I, I think it's one of the standout films of the eighties, hands down. Oh man, it's um, it's, it, it's very much one of those. Um, If you, I think if you put together a list of like, yeah. and I mean, it, it would be hard to say like, oh, top 50 or something. But I think if you put together a list of the top 100 movies of the 80s, because let's face it, there are a lot of fucking good movies in the 80s. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a like, interesting Pepsi challenge? <laughs> like, I, I think if you, put, if you put together a list, like Coming to America would definitely be on it. It is one of the iconic 80s movies. Like... Mm. You know, like, and I mean, there were so many iconic movies in the eighties, um, and I mean, I it like iconic in a way that like everyone fucking saw it, everyone yeah. knows it. Like, I you know, this is up there with like Back to the Future and Ghostbusters and shit like that. You know, it's like it's one of those movies everybody saw, everybody knows. Like, and I reckon it's one of those movies where it's like if you said to someone like, "Oh, name me an Eddie Murphy movie." They're probably going to go, like I would say, this, like coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop, or something like Nutty Professor. Yeah, easy. Like no, definitely. no, no contest. This would definitely be one of the movies that if you said to someone, "Oh, what's an Eddie Murphy movie?" Oh, Coming to America, bang. You know? Yeah, yeah, hands down, dude. Like this is yeah, this is one of the definitive. Um, films of the 80s and you know right at the height of fucking 80s cinema too man it's just it's it's just such a forerunner top five easy for me and it's it's one of those i think too like i said it's one of those movies that like this came like this was like at the perfect time of eddie murphy's career because he'd already established himself as like you know a really kind of edgy sort of stand-up comedian and then he'd established himself as kind of like an edgy, like movie star, like, you know, mm. like being the, the smart ass trash talking, you know, dropping motherfucker every five seconds kind of guy in like 48 hours and Beverly Hills Cop and stuff like that. And then he does something like this, where it's just like this sort of breaks him through to a whole new audience of people who are like, you know, 
Whereas, like, you know, your mum might be sitting there going, I don't want to watch that Eddie Murphy movie. He swears too mm. much and he's violent, you know. But then it's like, you know, he sees this, oh, he's nice. <laughs> but I think the clever thing also is the fact that you've got the diversity of the characters that he plays with all the various, um, you know, the guys in the barbershop to Randy to, you Absolutely. know, to Akeem, you know. Like, it's, it's cool. Like, wasn't this the first time he ever did that? Because yeah, I know he so. sort of became a staple of his stuff. Like, because he did it in, like, you know, he did it in Vampire in Brooklyn, obviously. He did it in, like, Nutty Professor and all that sort of stuff. Oh, but I think this is the sure. first one, dude. I'm pretty sure it is, man. I'm pretty sure this is the first time where you saw him like, multiple characters in the same film. Uh, yeah, I, I think in previous movies he'd done, like, little skits and bits and pieces with his character. But it was very kind of one-dimensional, whereas this is kind of a bit more, you know, going the full hog with yeah. costumes and makeup and, and i mean the makeup is fantastic you know like some of the makeup performances for his characters are just oh dude yeah brilliant yeah um it's really well done man but um dude what about the uh have you got this on blu-ray dumb question um i don't it's one of those ones i used to have it on dvd and i um have been meaning to upgrade it to blu-ray for quite right. some time but I know there is a really good anniversary version out there on blue that um, is pretty easy to get. I feel, I'm pretty sure like JB have got it and stuff like that. So like, nice. yes, yeah, um, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I think it's called like the Royal edition or some shit like that. They've given it some stupid, Fuck yeah. but um, yeah, I think it's like two discs and it's jam packed with a bunch of features and stuff like that. So Man. yeah, I'm very, very keen to check it out. Cause the DVD, I had the DVD for like the longest time and it was just like the bare bones, like, you know, special features, trailer, English subtitles. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, chapter selections, a special feature. Oh, cool. Cool. <laughs> a menu. Fuck, you're really breaking out the big guns. Wow, guys, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I know I know there is a really good version on Blu-ray, and I think they, they released it on DVD as well if anyone's uh, not on the Blu-ray train yet and just wants a DVD copy. But I know it's it's streaming as well. It's on, like, fucking Netflix. I yeah, know. it's on everything, man. So, yeah, it's, it's a fucking... It's it's a movie if you haven't seen it, dude. Fuck. <laughs> You're missing out big time, dude. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know how you could have not seen it, but, you know... <laughs> mm. Stranger things have happened. Well, I haven't got too much more to fucking throw. No, I think that's um, that's about that for that one. Yeah, I think so, dude. uh, What are we doing next week? Apparently, we're going to get back on the... uh, We're going to go into the dark underworld of Hong Kong and go uh, jump into the Kumite. Oh. (laughs) And uh, apparently, we're going to... Uh, are, we, are we visiting some haunted hills? Yes. <laughs> we're going to be, ha- <laughs> unlike the way you said that, we're going to, yeah, we're going to go visit some haunted hills and uh, find ourselves abreast amongst the Van Dannemanisms. <laughs> I, can't um, wait, I can't wait for that. Next week's going to be fucking a couple of bangers, I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I promise my brain will be in better form by next week. <laughs> oh, Brian. But, um, yeah, dude, uh, fucking coming to America, fucking rocks, fucking awesome soundtrack, awesome cast, awesome movie. It's just a 10 out of 10 fucking plus. Check it out. 
and uh, check out our Freaky Friday episode if you haven't heard it yet, which is fucking dope. Uh, that was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, have yourselves a rad motherfucking weekend, motherfuckers. And, and we will uh, uh, see you next week. Yeah, stay rad, y'all. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you then. We certainly shall. Like, subscribe, do all the good stuff. Yes. And uh, fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Marty.